Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of the Star Wars The Clone Wars Retrospective, where I am reviewing, giving you trivia, simply discussing and analyzing every single episode from the Cartoon Network CGI animated television series Star Wars The Clone Wars, and I am reviewing all 121 episodes. I uh, stated this in my very first podcast, and I'll make sure to remind the viewer, the listeners right now, that I am not reviewing these episodes in the order that they aired on Cartoon Network. And the reason I am doing that is because these episodes were aired out of order. Thus, the story was not presented chronologically. Therefore, I am reviewing each episode as it happens in chronological order. And I will link down below. There's a link in the very first episode. I'll make sure to provide the link with every single episode to the official Star Wars website where they show the they list the chronological order, including the theatrical film that will be what I will be reviewing in the very next episode, episode three of the podcast. But for this episode, I am reviewing what comes next after very first chronological episode, which was titled Cat and Mouse. Uh, this is from season one, episode 16. It's somewhat ironic how it matches up. Season two, episode 16 is the first in chronological order. Episode 16 was the first in chronological order. And then what follows that is Season 1, Episode 16, The Hidden Enemy. Now, I'm going to get into it right now, but just a fair warning, I will be discussing major plot points. I will be spoiling this episode, so if you haven't seen the episode, you want to follow along with me. You want to refresh yourself, even if you have. Uh, I've seen this episode, I believe this is my third or fourth viewing, and just a few months ago I watched this episode. I still did not remember the reveal at the end kind of towards the climax i still didn't even remember that even though i've seen it multiple times i I encourage you to go back watch this episode so hit pause right now if you haven't seen it go watch it it's not even 30 minutes long come on back listen to what i have to say we can discuss it together i also want to preface this before i get into the episode don't believe i really specifically stated in my previous podcasts For this retrospective, I will not be assigning these episodes any form of stars. I feel like giving stars to a 30-minute episode, I feel like that's not equal. That that really doesn't give you any equal footing between a film that is at least an hour and a half to potentially four hours to a 30-minute episode. I I feel that that star rating comparison isn't fair, and I'm still not even going to do that. I'm not going to chop the ratings in half and make this, you know, one star out of five, two star out of five, you know, five, five out of five. I'm not going to do that either. The whole reason I'm doing this retrospective is because, well, I love the Clone Wars television series. I think it is just a brilliant realization and vision of the Star Wars universe that really allows the viewer to get involved, grow with the characters and this incredible galaxy that this wonderful Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm team created, and George Lucas played a hand with Filoni in creating this world, of course. So I do feel all of these episodes have merit. 
I don't feel like they're all equal in, I don't really want to use the word value, but if you listen to my previous podcast, which I do encourage you to listen to before this, I, I do feel like you need to listen to that before you're listening to this one, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And especially after you listen to my review of this episode, you will absolutely understand when you hear my first episode and then you listen to this episode too. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But what I am going to do with these episodes is I will give them all a recommend. At least I believe I will right now. Uh, I don't remember there being any episodes that really turned me off. I will be doing a scale. I feel like I have to give them some sort of gradient scale of a recommend in some way. I'm I'm not going to be specific. I'm not going to be tied down by this is this like uh, like I do with the star rating. Each star means something and has a meaning behind it. Like like a fully fleshed out meaning. Whereas these recommends will be anywhere from a weak recommend to a strong recommend. And what I will do is if the episode that I'm reviewing is worthy or in fact the story arc is really worthy of you, even if you're not going to watch, even if you never planned on watching any of these, if you enjoy the Star Wars films, I'm going to give the episode or the story arc a star. I'm going to star it, and that means that it's essential viewing for anyone who enjoys the Star Wars films. And I will get into this later into the podcast retrospective series. There will be story arcs that I believe to be essential viewing along with the films, because these episodes are canon. There are elements from episode one. We, spoiler alert, we will see Qui-Gon Jinn return. Um, We will see Darth Maul return, and I cannot wait to discuss those episodes with you guys. So that's why I strongly encourage you all to uh, stick with me, because I will be giving my thoughts on those, and I will be explaining why, especially those episodes in particular, are necessary viewing. Uh, I don't want to get too much into those right now, but there are more episodes that you have to watch in order to, I feel, get a deeper experience with the films, and that's the whole point of the Clone Wars TV series, is there is such an expansive gap left open between Episode 2 and Episode 3. We begin the war with Episode 2, we end the war with Episode 3, and there is so much That is left open. There's so much left to be desired Uh, after episode two and when we begin episode three. Honestly, the the Clone Wars that people had heard about for decades with uh, Star Wars A New Hope, episode four, the Clone Wars is really given the shaft, Uh, especially in episode three. The clones are painted in a terrible light, and and also that does actually bring, that is brought up in one of the episodes that is towards the very end of the series, but that is essential viewing for episode three, honestly. I mean, if you're going to watch episode three, then you, I believe you must watch this episode in order to understand episode three better, and especially Order 66. That's a bit of a spoiler, something to pique your interest and stay around with, because I will be discussing the parameters of that episode and how that ties into the clones in episode three. So without further ado, let's get into reviewing this episode of season one, episode 16, The Hidden Enemy. I'll state the beginning tagline of the episode like 
the episode does and offer a few quick thoughts over that. The tagline for this episode is truth enlightens the mind, but won't always bring happiness to the heart. This to me feels like a fortune cookie. This seems like something you would get from a Chinese restaurant that serves fortune cookies. You would crack it open, you would read it, and yeah, you would probably leave it there on the table. Um, it's true. It's a good saying, but it's not, it's not the best. There are some really solid opening taglines to these episodes that I feel offer really great wisdom and advice. Honestly, this just feels self-evident and apparent. I feel like it slightly ties in with the episode, but to me, it's trying to sound a little more wise than it really is. Here is the plot for this episode. Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi lead Republic forces in an attempt to defeat the droid armies and free the planet of Christophsis from the Separatist siege. When the Republic is ambushed and forced to retreat, it becomes clear that someone in their midst has set them up. The Jedi believe this infiltration is a Sith-backed operation and go behind enemy lines to investigate. Meanwhile, Captain Rex and Commander Cody set out to uncover the traitor amongst them. Now this is a continuation of the Christophsis arc, which was introduced, as I stated in my previous podcast, with the 2008 theatrical film. We are thrust into the Christophsis conflict with really no background or setup. It's just a very odd choice that they decided to revisit it. I really did. I wish I knew what they were thinking with this. I just don't know why they chose to put it out theatrically, revisit it halfway through season one, give us, and it's really not even the beginning of the Christosis conflict in season one. This episode is not the beginning. We only get the beginning in season two, which is a really odd choice. I don't know if when they were coming up with episodes, they were running out of ideas and they're like, hey, let's begin with the Christosis conflict and give a little prologue to that. We do get this segue between the prologue which i call that previous episode from season two cat and mouse that's more of a prologue to the christophsis conflict that we get in the film this is a segue it sets up some major characters that we will see in the next that i will be discussing in the next episode that will be important later on i'm here to say right now that this episode is far far better than the previous episode than Cat and Mouse. The Hidden Enemy is great, honestly. I'll just say it. The Hidden Enemy is a great Clone Wars episode. And honestly, I wish this would have been incorporated into the movie. This is how they should have began the Christophsis conflict, with this episode, not with what we got in the movie. And I understand, though, that what we got in the film was more so meant to thrust the audience into the action, like what we saw in the beginning of episode three and what I believe George Lucas was trying to more so feed people. And these are the clone wars. So they want that big money shot action sequence to begin the film. And I can understand that, but we really do get a great action scene in the beginning here, which I will touch on some trivia here in a second about that. It's a really great conflict setting up there. The Republic forces are getting ready to ambush the droids. They are in these two parallel towers that they're setting up 
a simultaneous ambush with that, but somehow the droids know about it. The droids come up in the elevator, and this is something I really feel like is a shock. We see two clones murdered. Can you call it murder if it's done by a droid? I guess. Well, they're dead either way, right off the bat, which is kind of crazy in a way to think about because this is a cartoon. It is geared for a younger demographic, I would say, although... These episodes are completely enjoyable to adults. Some episodes, yes, I will talk about them, are very, very uh, kitty, I guess you could say. They're very childish, uh, very much geared towards a younger audience. They want to incorporate all demographics into Star Wars because Star Wars, well, it is about family. It is about father, son, daughter. That's what it's about. So that's what they're doing with this cartoon. They're, they're trying to make it family incorporated while still providing for the needs of people that want action people that want little romance they want a little drama i'm not saying this episode has all of those nor should every episode but this episode does focus on character development mainly and it does have some uh, very nice action in it and this is an opening action sequence i if memory serves me it's not as exciting though as the beginning of the film uh, i do want to state here according to starwars.com in the script the opening sequence was to involve the clones setting up their own combat droid that they had nicknamed the beast its design would resemble the dome-shaped mining droids from a new hope but modified with weaponry to look not too dissimilar to the head of a Dalek from Doctor Who. Now, is that interesting or what? Ultimately, it was decided to keep the sides clearly defined as clones versus droids and not clones using droids versus droids. Furthermore, the opening scene would not even display just what the Beast would do, so it was cut as an unnecessary story complication. And they made the right move with that. I mean, I was even getting a little confused towards the end of that description. But nevertheless, that's that's a little interesting tidbit that you may not have, most likely, may not have known otherwise. But yeah, these clones are just shot right off the back, and it shows you that it also, it turns you against the droids. In episode one, these droids are goofballs. In, in episode one of Phantom Menace, these droids are a non-entity. They are not really a threat, honestly. I mean, they're going up against the Gungans, who are goofy also, so you know, you don't really feel the stakes are too high, and then especially you get the droids. Honestly, I don't remember if it's episode two or three, or maybe it's just this. I mean, they just come off as these bumbling things. They can't do anything right. They're really played up in the TV series as uh, a comic relief, honestly. But if you're watching the show like this in chronological order, you wouldn't get that. You would just see these uh, machines, these droids, as these just cold-blooded killers that will just take anything out uh, right off the bat and they get the drop on the clones which is weird because it normally doesn't happen the droids are meant to come off as incompetent whereas these clones are smart intelligent uh, fighting of machines I guess you could say with these droids shooting them right off the bat it is it is quite a surprise to to see that when we really don't see any clones dying per se by the hands of any droids in any of the films or just the clones really dying in general i mean you see if a couple of them go down but i don't know i feel like especially 
bringing that into a cartoon series brings a little more impact, at least for me anyway. And this is also the very first time in chronological order, that is, that we meet uh, Captain Rex, who will be a pivotal character throughout the entire series. And this is a spoiler alert. I uh, hit the mute button right now. Fast forward a couple seconds. If you don't want to hear, I'll state it real quick. Captain Rex does come back in the Disney XD series Star Wars Rebels, which I think is just fantastic. It's really great to see Rex come back because he just becomes a staple of this series that you love, you get behind. He's just the iconic clone of the series. So you can unmute now. We meet Rex for the first time in this episode, and I, I really look forward to exploring his character more. Uh, we are introduced to some really great action, to a really great shootout, and there's this kind of it's not really shaky cam in a way it is, but it's more like the camera is kind of uh, vibrating, I guess that might be the right word, which gives kind of this like more intensity to the shot instead of just being a still shot like we saw in episode two when the clones were fighting that just felt very, I don't know, it didn't feel very intense when they were fighting on Geonosis when you just see light lasers, you know, flying past people and nobody really going down but this I, I really like this and they continue to bring that into the series as uh, time goes on this episode has much more action and is much more exciting than the previous episode cat and mouse that was more like a submarine battle i guess you could say i all i could think of was Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea with captain nemo i don't think submarine battles are that exciting so that's why i really didn't feel like that episode was that exciting this is guerrilla warfare on the ground with clone troopers with droids they're zip lining from building to building they're jumping off buildings much more exciting in this episode as the title hints at the hidden enemy and as my uh, plot summary told you this introduces the concept of clones having a traitor in their midst and on StarWars.com, like I stated, each episode comes with a featurette, a video featurette done by Dave Filoni, where he discusses a little tidbit about the episode that stood out to him that he feels the viewer might want to know more about. And I would say I would recommend uh, watching this one. They're, they're all about two minutes. They're pretty short. He says this clone that is a traitor to the Republic, he uh, explains it by comparing them to Jango Fett. They have too much Jango in them. And for those of you who may not know or remember, the clones are cloned from Jango Fett's DNA. And Jango Fett is the father of Boba Fett, who we saw in the original trilogy of Star Wars films. I really felt like that was a great explanation, and that is something I did not even think about at all. I feel like Django Fett is just easily forgotten. He is really kind of just relegated to that second film. That's all we hear about him. That's all we know. Especially Boba Fett. I mean, he really got the shaft in the original trilogy. Uh, fingers crossed that he'll get an individual movie. Uh, I don't remember if they announced that or not. But I really felt like that was a nice explanation. I do recommend giving his video feature a watch. Uh, it also it also creates for a nice setup with clones trying to find out who is in their midst, the, who who's the traitor when they're all the same and they all think of each other as brothers. 
but I do really, and that's something I applaud the the Clone Wars for, which the movie com- the movies just completely glossed over it, and I guess I can understand why because the movies aren't about the clones. The movies are about, uh, well, of course, the, the main characters, you know, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're not about the clones, and that's why I love these clones are given a moment to shine. We get to see for the first time their individuality, how they express themselves through their haircuts, through uh, their armor, through their speech patterns, how they carve out their own individuality. And that's something I really like to see. It's a really intriguing concept when, I mean, you you have everybody's a twin, everybody's the same, but yet they're unique. But one of them has betrayed them, and that's such a hard thing for them to accept. So then we continue on, and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are uh, going through Christophsis at night and i really like how this episode mostly takes place at night because that's something we normally don't see most episodes and most battles and everything take place during the day whereas this takes place uh at twilight and then eventually at night although it's not that dark it's somewhat light but you know each star wars episode has this giant moon so that you know illuminates everything so they're going, they don't know, I don't believe they know what they're going to find, but they know they're headed for a trap, and that's something that was talked about, uh, kind of played up in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and Anakin's always eager for that, and they they uh, kind of brought that spirit with that, so that was a nice callback to that. I would also say that when this ep- since this episode takes place at night, it helps the episode feel longer by showing us the passage of time. The opening battle takes place during the day, and the episode ends at some point at night. Whereas when you're in space, like in the previous episode, it feels so short because, well, there's no time out in space like that. Whereas this shows the passage of time, it helps the episode feel more complete with a more complete arc. This is also the first time in the chronological order that we meet Asajj Ventress, who... If you're watching this chronologically for the first time, you have no idea who she is, except that she wields dual red lightsabers and has command of the Force. The Jedi clearly know who she is, and most people are coming to this originally chronologically, and especially if you saw the 2003-2005 cartoon, you would know who Asajj Ventress is. I'm glad that she's more fleshed out. Not really here in this episode, but I'm glad they didn't drop her from the series altogether because she was an awesome, awesome addition to the 2D cartoon, and I'm really glad to see that she's back. Dang, does they have a really great battle. I feel like this series does a great job of getting those lightsaber movements right, almost maybe even better than the movie because things go wrong with these fights. You know, people get kicked or they have to run. It's not all perfectly choreographed. It's just not as smooth. And there's also an an intensity that you feel. Whereas I think back to Yoda fighting Dooku in episode two. Did that feel intense? Did you feel on the edge of your seat? Were you worried? Were you concerned? No. No, and that's a way with a lot of those battles. Sure, they're great, they're awesome, they're fun to look at and watch, but they don't have a lot of intensity 
to them. You're not really biting your nails. What's going on? What's going to happen? Whereas this, I really feel like we don't know which side could win because not the Jedi don't always win in these lightsaber battles. Uh, oftentimes they don't because the enemy always has tricks up their sleeve they're not expecting. And there's just an awesome moment when it's like Asajj, when Ventress is meditating almost and the Jedi are like running towards her and she ignites both of her lightsabers into the floor, therefore busting the floor out from under them. That was really nicely done. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil it right now. I didn't even remember who it was. The hidden enemy is Slick. Yeah, Slick is the hidden enemy, and I was not expecting Slick to be the hidden enemy. He seemed on the level in the way that Captain Rex and Commander Cody talked him up. It seemed about right to me that it wouldn't be him. Speaking of Commander Cody, we do see Commander Cody personified actually in episode three he is with obi-wan we don't see him as much we do see him some sadly we do not see captain rex at all uh that makes sense if you have watched rebels though why you don't see him in episode three but we see commander cody in this and a bit of trivia is due to late editorial changes at the end of act one you can hear obi-wan refer to cody as both commander and captain and i heard that i was kind of confused because i've always known him as commander cody that cc that alliteration goes together not to say captain cody doesn't but i've just known him as commander cody and and that's that's a little error they continuity error to like they left in so i was i was surprised about that i thought that was pretty funny obi-wan anakin and ventress Ventress jumps out onto the roof onto this tri-droid that is scaling this tower and they have this fight on top of this droid which is climbing the building King Kong style. I don't remember who but somebody slices the legs and the droid is free falling from the building but they're still fighting free falling. That is just really great action. That is really great suspense. I would love if we could have I've seen that in a live action movie but sadly we haven't. Uh, here's to hoping we're going to just see some really just awesome lightsaber fights in episode 8 or my possibly Rogue One. That would be a major surprise. But that was that was a really great uh, fight. Uh, of course, Ventress gets away to fight another day. Uh, she shows this. There's this really cool foreshadowing of a, an octopus machine. I don't know, but it looked really cool, and it's a secret weapon I'm, we're going to see, or I'm going to talk about in the next episode. Uh, eventually, uh, Slick and Captain Rex and Commander Cody uh, duke it out, but I was really shocked when Slick got the best of Captain Rex, and it looks like he breaks his entire leg, like his where it's attached at the hip, looks like he breaks that out of socket. I was really shocked about that because rex is i mean he's the best of the best but I, I do like that we got to see rex be vulnerable since in most episodes he's you know mr awesome but that, that did throw me off threw me for a loop and eventually of course slick loses which really gives an interesting political message about the use of clone soldiers in freedom a slick says yeah i was offered money but she offered me freedom that is just a really weird concept because these clones were engineered to do one thing fight for the republic they weren't drafted they're not serfs they're not slaves they are bioengineered clones for that one reason but i really like that 
this animated series isn't afraid to bring up questions that make you want to engage in discussion and think about these things. They're not all silly and goofy cartoons, and that's also another reason why I'm discussing this show, is because of these messages that they bring up and just, uh, you know, giving thought to that. I could go into a really big political and philosophical debate about this. I don't want to do that on this show, per se. I want to give quick thoughts over it, but I don't want to just bore your ear off with me basically having a debate with myself over that this whole time. But nevertheless, I think that something that can give you some food for thought is the role that these clones play. And clearly they have these feelings to understand that what if I don't want to fight? What if I just want to have a family? What if I want to have my own life? Well, that's too bad. You have to fight. You have to take out these droids. You're a soldier. You do what I tell you to do. You belong to us. We purchased you. The Republic paid for, I think they did anyway, um, talks about in episode two, they were commissioned by, the Kaminoans were commissioned to build this army. It just raises a lot of interesting questions, and I think, if I remember right, which, in a fantastic episode, we're going to explore that even further later, which makes me glad to see the series will continue to explore that. But yeah, in a way, it almost makes the Republic out to be bad guys. Because they are not giving these clones an option and clearly these clones have the ability to reason therefore it brings in all kinds of hypothetical debates that thankfully we don't have to deal with right now and thankfully uh, let's hope that we never will have to have a clone army or something like that or clones in general that we have to talk about so here's a little more trivia for you uh, originally uh sergeant slick his hair was supposed to be red <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, I, I have a hard time believing the sergeant of a group of 10 or so would have red hair. Uh, that just And especially it doesn't really fit with his personality. I'm sure he has kind of a feisty, fiery personality. But at the same time, he, he's really ordered. He's really kind of like by the book in a way. But then again, he is a renegade, which would make sense. I don't know. He's got a weird personality that really doesn't conform to the strict norm or the radical outcast starwars.com talks about how his normal jet black hair it helps him blend in more rather than stand out as a suspect and i think that makes sense because red is normally associated with bad or evil or something and our eyes would just clearly be drawn to him otherwise he is just the spitting image of you know a clone that just blends right in so also when they're doing their uh the music that accompanies the brawl between Rex, Cody, and Slick is a variation of the speeder chase from episode 2. That seems strange and weird, but nevertheless, it's true. <laughs> so, also in the episode, we see clone pilot Hawk was originally in the uh, Clone Wars movie called by Anakin for an extraction from the Boomar Monastery on Teth. That sequence was cut from the movie, which may have ended up saving Hawk's life, because as it originally played out, that rescue gunship would have been shot down by a vulture droid. So, in this episode, we see Hawk, and uh, originally in the movie, he was the one 
that Anakin also, because Anakin calls for an evac from Hawk. So in the movie, he also calls Hawk for an evac, but he dies. So I, I don't really care if he died or not, honestly. Um, that's just a really interesting tidbit, though. So it would have kind of been nice to have seen his story arc come back in the movie and also in the TV series, even if that did mean he got shot down by a gunship. I mean, yeah, shot down by a vulture droid, but oh well, it's not that big of a deal. Also, these clone barracks, uh, you may have noticed, I really noticed them, uh, just because they're pretty obvious. Uh, they're really big in the background. The clone barracks include pinups of Twilight Girls and Naboo handmaidens, which I thought was honestly a nice touch, uh, because you see that in all the war movies, the men have them in their uh, foot lockers or their bunks or up on the walls they have some kind of pinup girl and of course these are tasteful it's a cartoon series on tv it's nothing you know inappropriate like you would most likely see in a movie uh, we also see um i don't remember his name right uh we see the clone chopper have a necklace made of droid fingers which we learn uh paints him as kind of uh, kind of demented in a way kind of twisted uh, kind of messed up from the battle because he's secretly pulling off fingers from droids and creating a, a necklace which he knows he can't wear openly because it's against regulations it's kind of an own strange debate in itself but i i could be wrong but if i'm remembering right we see something similar in apocalypse now and i know we've seen it in other things we saw it in the walking dead but that's not a war movie per se but I know we have seen that in war movies before where they kind of go rogue and crazy and stuff. So, And that re I really thought it was probably Chopper because of his, one can say, delinquent behavior, his different behavior that puts him outside of the system of regulations. So when it is slick, it's a great reveal. I, I was really surprised by it. Uh, this episode goes a lot of places you don't expect. It has a lot of great action. A lot of great sequences that I really enjoyed. So I am giving this episode, uh, season one, episode 16, The Hidden Enemy, I've given this episode a high recommend, and I am also giving this episode a star. This episode is a must-see for Star Wars fans. I hope you have enjoyed my review and analysis and discussion over this episode. Make sure to stay tuned for episode three, where I will be discussing... The Clone War theatrical film that should be up soon, hopefully. Thank you so much again for following the podcast. Make sure to go to silverscreenguide.wordpress.com for more great articles. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, make sure to subscribe also so you can continue with me with this podcast series and many more. Uh, we will be having a Rambo series soon. Me and my, my co-host and I, uh, Alan, we will be doing a Rambo film. First Blood will be up this weekend, and we will be film. We will be recording First Blood uh, Part 2 also this weekend, so make sure to look for that. Just thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm having a lot of fun doing this, and I really hope you guys are enjoying having a lot of fun listening to me as well. So I look forward to next time. Thanks.